This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Hey guys, this is Tim from Web Canopy Studio. Today we're going to be talking about flipping the flywheel, why you should be focusing on revenue first, and what so many marketers get wrong about this. Check it out. Welcome back to another episode of Under the Canopy. I'm your host, Tim, joined by the CEO of Web Canopy Studio, John Aiken. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me here. Also visionary. And uh, we could we could pad my title a little bit too, if we yeah. want. Yeah. Breaker of chains, mother of dragons. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. So today, John, we're talking about flipping the flywheel. So it's, it's something, you know, as a marketer, I hear the word flywheel a lot. I'm not totally sure what it means. Um, you know, it, I know it has something to do with HubSpot, the way that HubSpot's set up to do, but I think before we talk about flipping the flywheel and focusing on revenue, I first have to understand what a flywheel is, right? So I guess, and you, how do you define a flywheel? Is it HubSpot specific? What do I need to know about it? Good question, Tim. So uh, it's not HubSpot specific. It is used in a lot of different uh, areas around, around business, specifically in marketing and sales. Um, but it is something that HubSpot has adopted for their inbound methodology at least a few years ago. And it's really become a part of what the whole company is, has shifted towards on all the different services that they offer, the hubs that they offer. And so as an agency servicing clients, we have to do a lot of things inside of the flywheel. And so I guess to sum it up, the flywheel is like, um, if you can, uh, we'll probably need to put a picture in like the show notes or something, but if, if you can imagine, um, a circle and in the middle of that circle is uh, your customer and then everything that goes around your customer that's spinning around in, in a circle around that are the different phases that they're going to go through kind of like their life cycle with you if you will and so it starts with the attract phase uh, which is like how people find you and then it goes into the engage phase which is them starting to have some interactions and then potentially becoming a customer and then into the delight stage, which is about how do you just make their experience be over the top awesome. And then it goes back and loops back into the attract phase at the top. And all of that, again, centers around the customer. And so any number of services kind of fall inside of the, that flywheel. So since this concept was introduced, how have you seen it help? Like, first of all, your agency, maybe some of the clients that you've been supporting, like working through the flywheel, how has that been like a productive method of, uh, of operating? Uh, it's been very productive. It's very, very effective because it's um, the idea of the flywheel is to kind of not focus so much on a funnel and think of like a sale being transactional and more about experiencing, having, having the, the customer experience um, all of your services uh, over the course of their lifetime with you and not just a one-time transaction. And so that is really helpful to think of in that, in that stance. But we're talking today about flipping the flywheel. So I guess yes, we, we, have, we have to talk about what are the shortcomings of the flywheel? What kind of things get missed or looked over? Where does it fall short? Yeah. So this is one of the things that um, we've spent a lot of time on in the last year or so. And I think it's one of the things that really separates Web Canopy Studio from what other people are doing. And it's because if you look at the flywheel, the issue that I have with the flywheel is that everybody starts at what just feels naturally to be the first phase, which is attract. How do you attract the right kind of people to your company? The problem with that is 
that is not where you're going to have the biggest impact. That is not where you're going to have, um, from an agency perspective or a marketer, if you're a marketer inside of a business, as a marketer, you're not going to have the biggest impact on your business if you just think about the attract phase only. And so many people get tied up in that. What, what's most important is to think about revenue and focusing on revenue first. And so when we say flip the flywheel, what we mean by that is that we're going to actually focus from a marketer perspective on what can we do that's going to have the biggest impact on influencing revenue first. And so instead of starting at the top of the flywheel where you see the attract phase, we're going to focus at the bottom of the flywheel where you see the, the engage transitioning over to the, the delight phase, which is that transaction of becoming a client. So, I mean, from an agency perspective, like as an agency owner, managing from the flywheel only leads to some like shortcomings, right? It, it can be problematic when, if you're, if you're trying to have a, a big impact now and you're focusing really on a track and you're doing some lead generation, if we can get specific, uh, lead gen only gets you so far, it's going to be a while before those leads turn into revenue, which is why we kind of run into issues, right? Yeah. And here's where most marketers have an issue. So if you're running marketing for your organization, you're more than likely super overworked. You have a ton of things on your plate that you're trying to balance. You're probably underappreciated in your company because it's just easy to do that. Throw everything at the marketing person. The marketing person will handle it. Give it to the marketing person. And um, it, it's also really the only position in the company where every single person in the company thinks they know your job better than you do. And uh, Tom, an advisor for us, gave a great example of like, no one's going to go to the R&D portion of the company and say, you know what, I read a blog this week on how you should do your job better. But everybody does that to, everybody does that to the marketing person. And so um, really, the idea of this is like the, the marketing person is overworked, they're stressed, and all they're doing is putting out an immense amount of content that because that's what everybody tells them to do. Everybody says, write more content, produce videos, do podcasts. You need lead generation, lead magnets, and do all this stuff because we have to get leads in. But in reality, all that's doing is creating just a cluster of information. And there's so much stuff and they're busier than ever. So what we always think about is, how can we actually eliminate as much of that as possible? And let's go right to what's most important. Why is the business even there? Like, how, do, how are we going to move that business forward? It's going to be by generating sales. It's going to be about getting an actual contract in or payment in. And so, if we're thinking revenue first, we need to focus on queuing up sales opportunities quickly. And so, in order to do that, um, oftentimes we try and move away from, let's talk about in, in, in like the first six months of doing a new marketing initiative, Let's stop focusing so much on writing buyer personas and doing keyword research and content audits and all this stuff that just seems to like pile up on top of us. And let's do some things that are going to actually impact revenue. Like we're going to host a masterclass series. We're going to host a webinar process. So we're going to do something where we can have a campaign that's going to put people into the top of the funnel and come out on the end as a sales opportunity. It's about building a machine. So we always want to build this machine first if we can build the machine first that we know there's a hundred people coming into the top and that leaves two customers at the end, that's great. That's an average. And so if we know that average, we just need to set the target and say, instead of two, we actually need 20. So now instead of a hundred, we need a thousand if I did my math right. And so then you go back to the attract phase and say, how do we get a thousand people into the top of that funnel? So you build the machine first at the bottom 
and then you go back and fill it with the attract phase. So, so the, the flipping the flywheel concept of revenue first is really talking about focus your time and energy, especially like if you're a new marketer or new to position where you're, you know, uh, a, an agency owner bringing on new clients, or if you're a marketer, that's like a new marketing director, new to the company or something, and you want to have an impact fast, focusing on the revenue stuff is where you're going to see the best results. And that comes into play, like you said, with a masterclass series that's, that's queuing up sales calls or, um, you know, sales funnels that are getting more and more people into that next phase rather than just that lead generation website traffic awareness stage. Yes. Um, and just before we go any further, I mean, we're not saying that like SEO and content planning and webinars and that kind of stuff aren't important, right? Like those still have a place in marketing, correct? Correct. It's super important, but it's not yeah. where I would start if I was, if you were to hire me to come in and do a consultation with you today, I would not even talk about SEO. I'd talk about what's the fastest way to get sales calls for your sales team, because that's how... As, an, as a marketer, I'm going to prove my value when the company says, oh, wow, the things that John did for us, we generated five sales calls the next day from. That's what I want. I don't want to be doing stuff like SEO is great. Blogging is great. Keywords are great. But it takes six, six to nine months for most of that to, to come to fruition, for any fruit to come from that. And so I don't want to wait six to nine months to have to show that that's where my value comes. As a marketing person, the highest turnover in any company is the marketing staff. You could be gone by that time, right? Like if they don't find value in what you're doing in six to nine months, you could be fired, you could be demoted, you could be moved from your position to go somewhere else. And um, that's not gonna happen if you can put your name next to dollar signs and say, because of the things the marketing person did, we generated five sales leads from that, that's huge. And we've seen this year, you know, just why this is more important than ever, right? Because it's November now. We think about the last seven, eight, nine months, um, the companies and, and our clients who did the best were the ones who did focus on that, where mm -hmm. we might have had a plan back in March to like, okay, here's our long-term SEO, like content strategy. Uh, and we shifted our focus to like, okay, you know, this is, we, we need results now. People aren't buying. We need to fig figure out how to get them into the funnel. Um, and doing these, these sales funnel, doing these quick win campaigns, doing these masterclass series that are queuing up sales calls. Um, but can you talk a little bit about just like in this, you know, I, I hate the word new normal. It gets thrown out a lot, but we yeah. are, but there's a change happening and it's not going to go back to the way it was. So, uh, you know, why is this revenue first so important for success, especially like we look into 2021? Yeah. So we, you can basically throw out most of your statistics about what your expectations are for next year. Traditionally, I would tell you January is the busiest month for sales for our agency, but I can't tell you that this year because I don't know what's going to happen just because of the, the fluctuation of everything that's predictable. So I'm not going to use previous uh, graphs and numbers to then tell me where I should focus my energy and my time. We see that a lot with clients who have traditionally done a lot of stuff during trade show and event season. That's not happening now. So, you know, those people have to figure out how do they replace something that has had such an influence on the revenue in their company. In this situation, um, shifting to a model where you can get as much impact that you would out of a trade show or an event into something where you can control the narrative is where you're going to have a huge return and kickback. So with that is absolutely it's time to like really focus on your webinar strategy. Um, you can call them masterclasses. A lot of the times with masterclasses, we like to see some more um, highly edited video and things where it's a little bit more educational, but there's nothing wrong with doing that 
and um, controlling that narrative throughout the process. So um, we're talking about this revenue first, quick win, even low hanging fruit and tying your name to dollar signs, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, and especially as a marketer, that's, that's so important. But we, we still do want to talk about these long term keyword strategies, SEO, content. How do you strike the balance between the, the two as a marketer? How do you find time for both? How do you prioritize? It's about building the machine first. So that should be your effort. If you don't, if you, if you don't have something in your company right now that you can say, I know for a fact, if I get 100 people to do this thing, I'm going to get 10 sales calls on the back end of that. If you don't have that and you have no clue how you're going to, if your boss said, I need you to get me 10 sales calls next month and you can't do that yet, that's your focus. That's where you have to be because it's very easy to make that happen, but you have to take the effort to do it. And the best way to do it is again, through some kind of like mechanism, some machine that you can build a, a repeating webinar, a masterclass. You could do a video challenge series. You could do an email challenge or something like that. So building that machine first, once the machine is built, it's just about volume and you'll tweak the machine as time goes on. Like we've started doing a repeating webinar. And so I did it the first time we had great success. I did it the next week. It was 10 times better the second time I did it just because I went back and I watched what I did and I, I replaced it. So you're going to tweak and make it, make it improve as time goes on. But then it's about volume. How do you get as many people as you can into there? So that's where your SEO and your long-term blogging comes into play. What are the most likely keywords that people are going to be searching? How do you write um, top of funnel content around that to get people engaged? And then are you doing an ad strategy? Can you do some really great promotional videos and run ads to those on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube um, and start to feed people into the funnel that way? So you have a paid side and you have um, an organic side to that funnel. The other thing that we haven't talked about yet, Tim, is using your existing traffic. This is probably the, the most underrated thing that people don't think about is using the, the leads that you already have today. We've seen this so many times where clients will come in and, and you know, they'll say, oh my gosh, John, I need all these leads. I need 2,000 leads a month and say, okay, great. Let's talk about that. How many leads do you currently have in your HubSpot portal? Oh, we got 40,000 contacts. Okay, so why aren't we focusing on that? <laughs> you know, like why are people so much against using what they already have and just focusing on net new? And they'll always say, oh, there was a paid list or they're cold or I don't, you know, we work those leads. But that's not, that's not always necessarily true to, to the extent that you might think. Because if you have, I mean, if, even if you have probably 5,000 contacts in your HubSpot portal, and you just need to try and sell one or two people, do you think you can find one or two people who will buy something out of 5,000? I most certainly do. I think I could find, I could take a list of 5,000 people who have come to me and I could find one or two people that are going to buy something from me in there. So just re-engaging that audience is the quickest win that you could do. And the best way to do it is just to run probably, you know, like a three email series to your webinar, get people to sign up to come to it. And Heck, even if you have 50 people sign up and you have 20 people show up and you book one or two calls from that 20 people, that's still a huge win. So in your experience on sales calls, talking to clients, that kind of thing, are, are you starting to see a, a, a shift change and a mindset change toward this revenue first approach? Or do you think a lot of people are still stuck in that kind of flywheel, long-term, slower progress mindset? Um, depends on who we're talking to. Most of the time when we're speaking with marketers, they, like I said, like they, they typically feel 
overwhelmed and frustrated and overworked because they're trying to do all the things and they're wearing all the different hats and they're trying to figure out how do I actually help this business move forward because they care. They care about the business and they want to make it do well, but they can't figure out what it is they're doing wrong or what is not working or they're, you know, they've watched the influencers videos on LinkedIn and Facebook and they've read all the books and they're trying to figure out what to do, but they just can't. And so, um, I don't know, like with, with, with most marketers today, it's, I don't think they're doing a lot of this action. If they are doing webinars regularly or masterclasses regularly, more than likely they're not doing them to the fullest extent or as effectively as they should be. Um, and that's really just missing the boat on like proper calls to action and proper exciting and qualifying people on the call. Well, it's so funny too, because like from our experience with clients over the past year is what they're, whether you're a one person marketing team in a startup environment or a marketing director for a company of a thousand people, your, your results is really just, or what you're being measured for is really what, um, what they can see, right? So like what's live on the website, how often are you publishing content? If I check your social channel, is that going to yeah. work, right? Like how many blogs you're producing? What's our website traffic, that kind of stuff. So that's the stuff that they're like, they're watching for, but, and they, and that's what they're expecting. But then they also expect sales calls. They're like, Hey, I want you to spend your time producing content, writing blogs. And I also want this many MQLs and sales calls, but this, they, everything in yeah. between, they don't, they have no idea what, what, you know, what's, what's in there. So all yeah. the, like the workflows, the funnels, the scripts, the stuff that you're working in the middle in HubSpot, in automation, your, your, your boss, manager, whoever most likely has no insight to no idea what's going on there. All they know is they want you producing this content and they want the sales calls as a result. And uh, it's a, it's a tough kind of balance for a marketer to strike. Yeah. Marketers are, um, it's a tough, it's a tough position, honestly, because it's, they, they don't get credit when things go really well, the sales team gets a credit, but mm -hmm. when something goes wrong, the marketers are at fault because they don't have the leads. And so they're in a lose, lose situation. And so that's why having a system that you can build and you have your name attached to, and you can be like, you can't tell me I didn't help because this thing that I built has generated these number of leads every week consistently. And, uh, you know, just having that reporting in place is so critical. So we covered a lot today, John. What, um, we if, sure if, did, some, Tim. <laughs> if someone's listening to this while they're driving or running or whatever, uh, and they go about their day, they remember only one thing about flipping the flywheel and going revenue first. What would you want that to be? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say, think about whether or not you have a machine in your, whether it's HubSpot or another software, do you have a machine built up in your marketing system that you know, if I were to come to you and say, Timmy, I need 15 calls next week on my calendar. What are you going to do to do that? Um, you should be able to say, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And if you can't, that's okay. It's time for you to go and build that machine. And that is about generating something like a, a, a webinar or something that you can structure that's going to queue up sales calls as the call to action through a really smart process. Okay. And then just, it's a numbers game at that point, right? So if you know you have a hundred people in, you get two people out and you need four people, you just need 200 people in. So that's more than one thing, but it's helpful. That's great. Uh, well, this has been Under the Canopy. John, thank you for coming on today. Any other like last notes? 
I don't think so, Tam. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.